welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to share with you God's Word and privileged to break it open so that indeed we can hear together what God wants us to do. This week we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, and it's an invitation to indeed look up and see how God is trying to woo us, to attract us closer and closer to God, to Christ. Let's open our hearts and minds to receive His Word by praying. Let us pray. O God, who on this day revealed your only begotten Son to the nations by the guidance of a star, grant in your mercy that we, who know you already by faith, may be brought to behold the beauty of your sublime glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed from their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. We are celebrating the Feast of the Epiphany. We are taking our steps Uh, in uh, Christmas season, and we are moving towards the end of it. Obviously, the celebration of the Epiphany so early in January seems a little bit strange, right? Uh, Usually it comes around the 6th. But, hey, we take it whatever we get. So this is where we are focusing on. Now, 
uh, the Feast of the Epiphany, the word Epiphany means to reveal. In other words, we are looking, we who have spent time looking at the manger, we are still, our attention is still on uh, what God has done in Christ by becoming flesh. And remember, we are celebrating him becoming like us so that we can become like him, okay? We are partakers because of this event uh, of the nature, divine nature, as he took on our nature, okay? So let's keep that in mind because every single thing that we celebrate invites us to be involved, invites us to respond to what God has done, okay? So we, of course, at Christmas, we looked at the baby, we focused on baby Jesus, then we saw the whole family, then we spent time, um, we celebrated Mary, the mother of God, and now we are taking these steps that allow like a camera lens zooming out because we're getting ready to follow Jesus into the world in his ministry. So we are moving away, we are enlarging the picture, and what do we see? We see that Jesus, the light of the world, his light is reaching out to all people. And we heard in the second reading that we are now, because of this event, God is doing something amazing, something incredible. He's revealing his love to us, to all of us. And therefore he's telling us that his people are not only the Jewish people, but all of us as well. We are now made in Christ members of his body, members of his household. We can call God Father because like with the Jewish people, now we are partakers of the promises that he made to all people. And therefore we celebrate that even those who are far away from God, even those who don't believe, even those who can be looked at and they are our brothers and sisters because God called us all to be part of his family. And therefore we rejoice. And I, I like these holidays for many, many reasons. And one of which, for example, we see that people who are far away from God are still involved in his plan. And therefore, if you have family members who don't believe in God, they don't come to church anymore, that's their holiday. We are celebrating that they too are not outside of the scope of God. They can be attracted to him as well. Right? So we celebrate. We're celebrating the fact that we are made members of the family of God. Yay! Okay. Then we're celebrating that no matter how far we, we are, we are close or far, we are all part of his family. We are all under his reach. We are all invited to join in. So nobody is outside the sphere of action. So yeah, that's a great news, all right? Go tell your friends as well. We, we should share this that no matter what, God loves them anyway. So then personally, this is a very beautiful holiday because I have to tell you, I remember growing up. Uh, first of all, I told you, you remember on Christmas that um, in my culture, the nativity set is not just uh, mom and dad and the child. It's the whole town. It took, growing up, the nativity set took the whole room because you have to go through every single little house and things in order to find the holy family. But, the, although everything was fixed, there were only some parts that moved, and they were the Magi. At the very beginning, we had the set of these little guys on little camels that we would put them very, very far. And then on January the 1st, we had a different set, larger one, but they're still on a camel, and we would put them closer. And then, of course, we couldn't wait 
to put on the sack of the Magi off the camel with the gifts and place them next to the nativity, the holy family. Not only because we made, you know, they made the journey, but also because growing up, that's when we got the gifts. We did not celebrate Christmas, I mean, we celebrate Christmas, but the gifts, we, uh, we didn't receive gifts on Christmas Day, we received gifts on the Epiphany. And then somehow, if you think about it, it makes sense. If Jesus got the gifts, we get the gifts, right? And we would get the gift, we, we would wake up and the gifts would be all around. Santa didn't really make it to Italy at that time, growing up, but then eventually made it there too, so it's fine. So, you know, the, this holiday always brings some very warm memories, but now entering into this story, it also allows my heart to rejoice because this is a full holiday. So let's very quickly go through it and enter into the story because we have some work to do. We have some answers to give to the Lord. First of all, between the holiday of the Epiphany and the next one, which is the baptism of the Lord, we are reminded that there are, God relates to us in two different ways. One way is by attracting us to Him. And the other way is reaching out to us. So at the Epiphany, we see how He calls us to Him. And at a baptism of the Lord, which is next Sunday, it's Him going out to reach out to where we are. Now remember, our way to respond is to make straight the path, right? We always have to become aware of whatever gets in the way in our relationship with God. So sometimes if we feel stuck in our spiritual life, if I feel stuck, whenever I feel like something else is supposed to happen and nothing happens, I always look at these two things. Is the obstacle in the way in which he is attracting me and I don't want to go? Or is reaching out to me and I don't want him to come? Okay? Usually in my life, the problem is one of these two sides. And therefore, we want to find out, I want to find out, and go through an examination of conscience to look where the, where the problem is. And the study of the Magi helps us, helps me, and hopefully helps all of us to go through it. First of all, we see that this Magi, the word Magi is the plural of Magus. Magus sounds like the word magician, and we think that magicians, these ma Magi, are kind of um, Dumbledore or Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings, you know, people who wise, but they cast spells, you know, they, not at all. Magi were kind of scientists. They were astronomers. They were people who were able to read the book of nature. Remember, up to the modern time, uh, people always said, scholars always said that God wrote two books. There was the Bible, but there were also the, good, uh, the, the book of nature. Because through nature, we can encounter God as well. So they were able to read the book of nature, and by reading it, by paying attention to what uh, they were seeing, God tickled their curiosity. And they were able to go, wow, this is awesome. That is a star that is behaving in a different way. We are also invited to do that. And, and I think one of the big challenges for us is to reclaim wow as a form of prayer. We as Christians nowadays, especially in this society, 
have lost the, the ability of being amazed by God because we are focusing on this is it, this is right, this is wrong, you're in, you're out, left and right. My goodness. And guess what? This used to be what scientists used to say and used to do. Instead, you know, nowadays, it is they who have rediscovered the wow. Especially when you read and look at what uh, quantum mechanics is offering us. They're going one wow after another, say, well, the world is completely different from what we thought. Isn't that amazing? So they reclaim the wow effect. And that's actually what belongs to us, because we are people who are worshiping a God who continuously does wonderful things, and instead of going, whoa, we go, hmm, I don't know, maybe let me put like and, you know. How about we spend more time in prayer going, wow, walking around and saying, wow, what, what a beautiful thing God has done, reclaiming this wonderful thing. Because in what things interest us, in the things that we consider to be beautiful and awesome, God is beyond saying, yeah, follow this, follow this. You're going to get closer to me. Isn't it wonderful how God loves us so much that he's trying now to be attracted? Listen to this. Remember that God is all-powerful, right? Creator of heaven and earth, can do everything. One thing he cannot do, forcing us to love him. And therefore, because love always sets the other one free, even to say no to his love. So what does he do? He turns things around and he starts wooing us. He starts he say, hey, you see, this is beautiful. Follow this. This, is, this will lead you to me. This is the God who loves us so much that he's willing to do whatever to make us get closer and closer to him. So they follow. They see this something beautiful, and they follow they invest in all these things, and they go. And they follow the path, and the path always leads to where the path leads to. In fact, the book of nature can only lead us to God up to a certain point. And in fact, they go, and they cannot understand where the star was leading them, but because the path was already there, it was easy for them to go. And where do they go? They go to Jerusalem. They go to the king, King Herod. And they go to him and say, what is the newborn king? Really? Well, that didn't go very well with King Herod. How many kings can there be in a kingdom? One. So you don't say to the old man, hey, there is a new king coming. And you expect him to go, okay, that's pretty nice. Because you know what happens? They kings don't retire. They have to be killed or they have to die make it look like an accident. So that's what happens. Like he, the text tells us he was really upset. Of course, he knows something is about to happen. And remember that King Herod was very generous, I'm saying this sarcastically, towards his competition. In fact, he used, it's very famous, he had a particular temper. He used to kill people who would challenge his role as a king. In fact, he even killed some of his children because they were next in line. So we know why the whole Jerusalem was upset with them. Of course, because the guy wasn't, was very generous in letting people know that there was only one king. But this is a challenge for us as well. 
Okay, we know that Jesus is born. We know that he's the light of the world. Now we want to follow, but we need to make a decision. Are we going to let him be our king? Looking at Jesus in the manger is adorable because he doesn't do anything. But we have to remember that this child is the king of the universe. And therefore, we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to let him have a word? Am I willing to let him tell me how to live a child, uh, how to live a life as a child of God? We, the throne cannot be shared. Only one king can be sit, can, can sit on it. We have a choice to make. And then, look at what's happening. King Herod wants to find out where the Messiah is supposed to be born. And he calls his people. They have a, a, um, a Bible study, a Google search. They find out where it is. And it's in Bethlehem. And what does Herod do? He tells the Magi, go search diligently for the child, and then come back. You tell me where it is, and I go and worship him. Hmm, how bizarre. Here is the child, the newborn king, and you stay home? I would, be part I would send somebody, like, go check it out, right? This is competition. But how many times we are hearing God inviting us to take a step, to get closer to him, and we it doesn't fit our schedule, it doesn't fit our mindset, it doesn't fit whatever, and we go, eh, no. Some people tell me, you know, Father, I don't go to church, but my parents go there all the time. Good for your parents. How about your journey with God? Oh, I'm good. We're good. Really. But my parents go all the time. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to take that step. We are challenged to become close to God, but we have something to say about everything and everybody else. Oh, the Pope is wrong. The church is wrong. The gospel is wrong. God, you understand, we have to move. Discipleship means going and follow, have the discipline to follow the master. Okay, so the Magi now see the stars. You see, we, I told you that the book of nature can only lead us to God up to a certain point. Then who gives us, how do we find out what Christ is? Scriptures. Only the scriptures can tell us how to encounter God. And we need to reclaim this as people of God. We need to go back to the book. We need to, there is no way that we can be Christians without living the gospel. I checked it out. There is no way. We are people of the gospel, not about uh, something else. No matter how good they are, the magisterium of the church, the highest office of the church, is described as the servant of the word of God. Above the word of God, there is nothing. We ought to put that word, those words into practice because only there we can find who God is, what, who, what he wants, how much he loves us, and how we can live this wonderful life. Amen? Amen? As a matter of fact, I've been putting on Facebook, uh, hopefully we will find other ways of doing it, a way to read the Bible together every day. I put a little portion there just to become familiar with what the content of that book is. So hopefully you will find a way to join me every day to take this step together. All right. So they learn because of Scripture. They learn what Christ is and they go and they're overjoyed because now they're going to encounter Jesus. And they go there, and look at this. They say nothing. They go. It must be night because there is a star involved. They go in, they see Jesus, 
and Mary. Probably Joseph went to Wawa to get some, I don't know. And, uh, and they, go, they prostrate themselves and they give gifts. They bring something to this encounter. How about us? Sometimes people tell me, and I was one of those people, that says, you know, but I don't go to church anymore because I don't get anything out of it. And I always tell people, good for you. That's awesome that you don't get anything out of church. We don't come here to get something out of it. We are here to get someone. You understand the difference? We are coming here to get someone, not something. A lot of people think that the holy, it's about getting the host. And once we get it, we can leave. We need to recatechize ourselves because that's not what it is. We are here to encounter someone, but just like that, we have to bring somebody to get somebody. And that somebody must be us. I'm willing to give myself to you, O Lord, so that he can give himself to us. Amen? Amen. So we have gifts to bring every single time. And I'm not talking about the envelope. I'm talking about bringing ourselves to him so that we can experience this exchange. He became like us so that we can become like him. But now there is a final detail that we need to also take a look at and put into practice. After the encounter with Christ, what happens? The Magi are warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, but they go to their country by another way. Every single time we encounter Christ, we cannot go back to live our life as we did before. Every single time we have to change something so that we can live as children of God. If we go back and do the same thing, it, there is no growth. So we are challenged every single time to go back home by another way. I don't mean by a route, different, you know, like the GPS, recalculating. But we have to start living our life always different, always a little bit different. And only in this way we will be more and more like Christ, more and more exploring and experiencing the life of the children of God. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that he is revealing himself to us as this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Father who is calling us. And in Christ, we find a way of becoming united with God. And we pray that we start looking at our lives and making sure that we can follow the word. Because only in this way, only by living the gospel, we will be able to reach the goal, encountering Christ, exchanging our life for his as he took ours and experience what it means to be loved by such a wonderful father and live, make the choice to live our life as children of God. I hope you felt inspired to make the choice of moving closer to God and be attracted by the star remembering that you also are a star for many other people and hopefully by the way we love by the way we witness that the story of christmas is indeed true we can be the means through which other people feel attracted to christ let's pray for each other as we continue our journey as christians god bless and i'll talk to you soon mm -hmm.